from uh, about 15 years on up, uh, a great deal of my thoughts were uh, basically unshareable. We are all evil in some form or another. Yes, I am not 100%, but I am evil. My mother was a, a sick, angry, hungry, and very sad woman. I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is Serial Killing, a podcast. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello again, and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast where we go through the lives of serial killers to see if we might catch a glimpse of why they displayed their famous vile and disturbing behaviors. Special thanks to my patrons who voted for this episode. Thank you so much. You are truly appreciated. And for anyone else, please feel free to join my patrons so that you can vote on who will be covered next or get early access to the podcasts. Like, share, and subscribe. It just might help our little community grow. So this week's podcast was voted to be on a possible new serial killer in Austin, Texas. So without further ado, let's jump right in. The Colorado River is an over 860-mile-long river that runs through Texas. The upper part of the river was controlled by the Comanche tribe until the late 19th century. This river is a vital source of water for Texan farming communities, cities, and electrical power production. There are also seven major man-made reservoirs on the river, including what was once called Town Lake, but is now called Lady Bird Lake in Austin. Lady Bird Lake, which is roughly 416 acres, was created by the city of Austin in 1960 via the Longhorn Dam to be used as a cooling pond for the Holly Street Power Plant, though today it is mostly used for flood control and recreation as the power plant closed in 2007. Now, prior to 1971, the shoreline of the lake was mostly made up of weeds, bushes, and trash. At one point, the local television station called the lake an eyesore. Some concerned citizens of Austin led several small projects to clean up the lake. Austin's Board of Parks and Recreation purchased nearly 400 trees and shrubs in an effort to develop parkland around the lake. 
The city also built a system of hiking and bike trails along the shoreline of the lake. Then in 2007, Town Lake was renamed Lady Bird Lake after Lady Bird Johnson, who had died that year. Two years later, the nonprofit organization, quote, Keep Austin Beautiful, launched an initiative called, quote, Clean Lady Bird Lake so that they could gather thousands of community volunteers every year to do large-scale cleanups along the lake every other month and targeted cleanups throughout the year. And this is all good stuff. Now, the city of Austin doesn't allow most motorized watercraft on Lady Bird Lake, and as a result, the lake serves as a popular recreational area for paddleboards, kayaks, canoes, rowing shells, and so on. Swimming in Lady Bird Lake is illegal due to several drownings as well as debris in the water from bridges and dams destroyed by floods in years past. The city of Austin enacted the ban in 1964, and the fine can be up to $500. And yet, there has been a string of dead bodies discovered either in or very near Lady Bird Lake for the past over 10 years. Most all have been ruled accidental drownings or suicides, but many people believe there could very well be a connection and that... Though small, there is a chance Austin, Texas, has an active serial killer on the loose. Authorities are saying the deaths are not related and are not suspicious. And yet, just in 2023 alone, within three months, February, March, and April of this year, four bodies have been recovered from the lake. In the last 10 months, there have been eight bodies recovered. So the Austin Police Department's official statement is, quote, The Austin Police Department is aware of speculations regarding the recent drownings in Lady Bird Lake. Although these cases are still under investigation and evidence is still being analyzed, at this time, there is no evidence in any of these cases to support allegations of foul play. While each incident has occurred at the lake, the circumstances, exact locations, and demographics surrounding these cases vary. Our investigators approach every case with an open mind and objectively examine all available evidence. We work closely with the Travis County Medical Examiner's Office, which conducts a parallel investigation into all deaths. The medical examiner performs autopsies in each of these types have not revealed any trauma to the bodies nor indication of foul play. One common theme of the drownings in Austin this year is the combination of alcohol and easy access to Lady Bird Lake, which has numerous access points. Many of these access points can be challenging to see at night. The parks in which most of these drownings have occurred are park areas that close at 10 p.m. and occur after the park closes. We advise the public to follow the rules on park closures. End quote. And yet, the Austin Police Department has stated that 16 drownings have occurred in Lady Bird Lake in the last five years. 
So I did some digging, and there is a Facebook group called Lady Bird Lake Serial Killer backslash Rainy Street Killer that I joined, and this is the lineup of people who have lost their lives either in or very near Lady Bird Lake starting with 2010. So February 17th, 2010, unidentified male, body had been in the water for some time. Okay, then two years later, June 14th, 2012, body found, no other details. October 16th, 2012, so four months later, Cole Christensen, 21 years old, from Anchorage, Alaska, found at Shoal Creek that runs north out of Ladybird Lake, behind Austin City Music Hall, which is several, several blocks west of Rainy Street. Then a couple of years later, October 13, 2014, 25-year-old Aaron Rublik, I hope I pronounced that right, was found in Ladybird Lake near the I-35 bridge. This is only a few blocks from Rainy Street. Investigators say he went downtown with his friends on Thursday night. He hailed an Uber car to get home to Rainy Street, but the driver dropped him off outside the Holiday Inn near Interstate 35 around 2.30 Friday morning. And then just under a year later, June 10th, 2015, Julio Santos III, 22 years old, college graduate home for a short while before he was to move to Seattle, found two days later in Lady Bird Lake. Wrist bracelet was found in Barbarella and placed behind the bar. Phone and wristlet wallet were left behind. Belt was missing from his body. He was last seen on 6th Street at a food truck, chattering all night to friends about an upcoming internship with Nordstrom. His body was found near the Holiday Inn near I-35. A month later, male body found quite a distance downstream and east of Austin, basically out of the city completely. Two months later, September 17, 2015, body found in river a distance west and upriver from the downtown area and Rainy Street, I couldn't find any identification for this body. I used several sources to get this timeline. November 29th, 2015, so that's two months later again, Santiago Becerra, 23 years old. He was found in Lady Bird Lake two to three days after he was reported missing. His body was found a fair distance west, upstream from this downtown Austin area completely. February 14th, 2016, so this is three months later, 50-year-old male found in Ladybird Lake, fully dressed, no items missing. He was found just a few blocks west of the infamous Rainy Street. June 19th, 2016, so four months later, 47-year-old James Scott Fusco's body was found just north of Rainy Street. It appears that he was homeless. December 23, 2016, six months later, unidentified male in 40s found in Ladybird Lake near I-35 and the Holiday Inn. June 16, 2017, six months later, man in his 30s found in Ladybird Lake close to South Lake Shore Boulevard. One year later, almost to the day, Fernando Ortiz, 35 years old, found in Ladybird Lake, 
body was not accessible by land. However, his body was found outside of Austin, downstream to the east. Apparently, according to sources, another body was found on the same day. 61-year-old Ray Figueroa's body was found just on the other side of the I-35 bridge, just east of so many others found in that area. August 15, 2018, so two months later, Louis Ramirez, 37 years old, ruled accidental drowning, but he was afraid of water and could not swim. His body was discovered just on the other side of the narrow lake from where Rainy Street would end. The next month, unidentified male, body found in Ladybird Lake near Congress Bridge, which goes over the lake just west of the downtown area. Two weeks later, unidentified male, family has asked to remain anonymous while being included in the investigation, but a body was found in Ladybird Lake. So the next month, this is November 26, 2018, 25-year-old Martin Gutierrez's body was found, was last seen at 1.15 a.m. drinking at Alibi. Medical examiner listed blunt force trauma on head, no fractures, bruising on scalp, swelling in brain and chest cavities. Seen on surveillance video at Holly Street near Rainy Street towards I-35. One week later, Randy Lexvold was found in Shoal Creek going north out of Ladybird Lake. Last seen and last credit card ping was at the rooftop bar. Reports stated it is likely he drowned, but blunt force injuries, likely from falling from a bridge into the water, contributed to his death, according to his autopsy report. And then we go eight months later, so August 14, 2019. Male body found face down in Ladybird Lake near Seaholm Power Plant, quite a few blocks west of the downtown area. Three weeks later, Jake Waltrip, 28 years old, his body was found in Ladybird Lake near the Holiday Inn by kayakers on Saturday, September 28, 2019. His cause of death, accidental drowning. He had been at a bar on 6th Street on Thursday night, two days prior. So November 18th, 2019, this is not quite two months later, Christian Pugh, found two days after going missing from Rainy Street, found near Congress Bridge off the trail near the Statesman bat-watching area in rough condition that left him in a brief coma. Christian is still alive. So this one is very interesting to me because for two days he laid undiscovered. And yet I could not find anywhere in my limited time for researching, of course, what his exact injuries were, how long he was in the coma. Did he give a police report? I mean, there is nothing. So if any of you know what happened to Christian Pugh, please share with the class. Okay, so from 2019 to 2021, I wasn't able to find any active body issues. But again, this was kind of during COVID where people were inside. Nonetheless, May 24th, 2021, 26-year-old Eric, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name's body, was discovered in Ladybird Lake just west and upstream from the downtown Rainy Street area. 
His brother Ivan said he was last seen leaving Southland Drive in Austin and that his brother did not use drugs and did not drink, so his disappearance did cause concern. The next year, June 15, 2022, unidentified person. The body had been in the water some time and there were no other details. Exactly one month later, in July 2022, unidentified person found floating in Lady Bird Lake at 9th and East Avenue per reports and had been there, quote, for a few days. December 11th, 2022, so five months later, unidentified person found in Lady Bird Lake at South Pleasant Valley Road, not too far east of the downtown area. Ten days later, on Christmas 2022, unidentified person found in Lady Bird Lake near Pfluger Pedestrian Bridge and Lamar. Three days later, unidentified person found in Lady Bird Lake near Congress Avenue, just below the bridge going over the water a few blocks west of Rainy Street. Two months later, February 5th, 2023, 30-year-old Jason John, who was last seen walking along Rainy Street after 2 a.m., six days later, John's family hosted a vigil in his honor, stating that he was presumed to have drowned. Unfortunately, later that same evening, his body was pulled from the lake just at where Rainy Street ends at the lake. Following his disappearance, John's family began calling for better security around the lake, including the installation of lighting along the trails and security cameras on Rainy Street. These have recently been installed. One month later, so March 5th, 2023, Clifton Axtell was pulled out of the lake. He was in his 40s, married man with children. He disappeared February 25th around Stubbs, which is like a barbecue place, but there's alcohol served. His body was found March 5th, just a bit west of the downtown area. Now, Stubbs apparently has surveillance, and the cameras are pointed at Stubbs. He went missing around this Stubbs place and not sure if he had been inside Stubbs that night or not, but he was found eight blocks from Stubbs to the lake, 10 to 15 minute walk to the water. Then March 31st, 2023, 33-year-old man named Jonathan Honey occurred sometime after 2 a.m. last Friday, March 31st. Honey's body was recovered from Lady Bird Lake the next day, just where Rainy Street ends at the lake. He had come in from his home area of Washington, D.C. to attend a friend's bachelor party and was seen after a night on Austin's Rainy Street, a short strip on the eastern edge of downtown known for its dozen-plus bars. The south end of Rainy Street abuts Lady Bird Lake, as I've said. He was at a food truck after the bars had closed. Two weeks later, April 15, 2023. 30-year-old Christopher Hayes Clark was discovered around 1.20 a.m. near Longhorn Dam, a bit east of the downtown area, with no signs of foul play, nearly two miles from Rainy Street. So far, the authorities are stating there's no evidence of foul play. Then on May 1st, guys, just a few days ago, police pulled a, quote, bullet-riddled car from Lady Bird Lake, They did not locate a body in the car, thankfully. 
Police initially responded around 2.30 a.m. for reports of a shooting near the Festival Beach boat ramp. There's not really any additional information at the time of this recording regarding this incident. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So even though I'm not really convinced, let's entertain the notion that there is a serial killer for a moment. The theories about who it is are astounding, really, and I'm pretty seasoned. And they span the space of a cop or an organized group setting out to murder younger men, to a femme fatale who is jaded from being assaulted by men in the drinking district, to the homeless. One YouTuber concluded that the men were targeted by a small, older, possibly gay male killer. Others have speculated that the deaths are the work of La Llorona, who is, quote, the weeping woman, a vengeful Mexican spirit who is said to drag unsuspecting people, albeit usually children, into bodies of water. So are we talking the woman in white? Supernatural reference. But aside from all of that, what instantly caught my attention was the sheer amount of reports of smiley faces spray-painted or painted on surfaces near where bodies were found, or at the very least, right by the lake. So, a few years ago, I did several Instagram chapters where I told the story of the smiley face killer or killers. A quick summation, if I may. The smiley face murders, aka smiley face killings or smiley face gang, is a theory created by retired NYC detectives Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte. They saw a pattern in that around 40 younger men were being found dead in water across several states from 1997 till 2007, or across most of the northern part, and possibly even sooner. It is speculated that these young men did not accidentally drown, as law enforcement had stated, but were victims of a serial killer or killers. The term smiley face became the term for the alleged murders when the public saw that police had discovered graffiti depicting a smiley face near locations where the bodies were dumped in at least a dozen of the cases. There is some resistance to this theory, but it is hard to deny the similarities of the killings. So the symbol of the smiley face usually represents happiness, but sometimes it is used as a symbol of the seedy, darker side of society, appearing as an anti-hero in music, movies, and even comics. The first murder thought to be connected in the smiley face murders was in 1997, 21-year-old Patrick McNeil was a student at Fordham University in New York, wanting to eventually join the FBI. He and some friends decided to go to the Dapper Dog, which is a small college bar in uptown Manhattan, where the music was loud and the drinks flowed. In the early morning hours, 
He said he was going to the nearby subway station to return to the Bronx campus. Patrick waited out front for a female friend who was still inside using the ladies' room, but when she didn't show in a timely fashion, he walked down the sidewalk, walking the two city blocks until he turned the corner at 90th Street and disappeared. Witnesses said they saw a car tailing him as he walked. Three weeks later, Patrick's badly decomposed corpse was spotted face-up in the East River near a Brooklyn pier, some 12 miles away from his last known location. He had a ligature mark around his neck and burn marks from his upper torso to his head and had been dead for some time before being put in the water. Unfortunately, his death was not ruled as suspicious and was not investigated further. Five years later, 21-year-old Chris Jenkins died under similar circumstances. He was a student at the University of Minnesota, handsome, with a fantastic grade point average, and had a bright future in business. Then on Halloween night in 2002, Chris was last seen being kicked out of a bar. He was very drunk after attending a party and vanished. Four months later, his dead body was found completely encased in ice in the Mississippi River. Like Patrick, he was found face up, which would not be consistent with an accidental drowning. His hands were neatly folded across his chest, and yet, that is exactly what it was ruled, an accidental drowning. Another careless college student who got drunk and fell in the river. The commonality was the smiley faces found around the area and near the bodies of 12 out of the 40 victims found in nearly identical circumstances. At first, the theory was a single serial killer, but that was proven false when more than one young man disappeared and was then later found dead in or near water at the same time. So the theory changed. Could it possibly be a well-organized group of killers, and if so, why would they be targeting young men? So the two retired New York City detectives, Duarte and Gannon, stated that the smiley face murders had struck in at least 25 cities within 11 states in the U.S. since 1997. Nearly all of the victims were last seen leaving a party or a bar after having been drinking, then found dead in rivers or streams after being reported as missing. Many attended colleges in the upper Midwest or Northeast, and, in some cases, a smiley graffiti was found drawn nearby. Each death had been ruled accidental by police. The bodies being found in water washed nearly all of any evidence away. The detectives went on Good Morning America, stating, quote, We believe they, the killers, were specifically leaving a clue for us or anyone who was paying attention to these drownings, end quote. Often serial killers will leave something of a signature with each crime to appease their sadistic need for attention. Some say that the Smiley Face Murders is not an organization of killers, but rather a series of random and unfortunate drownings of men who have been drinking, according to forensic pathologist Dr. Cyril Wecht. Hope I pronounced that right. Quote, The statistics are so stacked against this number of men, young men, 
Caucasian males found in bodies of water in that cluster of states within that period of time, end quote, that it's almost mathematically impossible for these incidents to be unrelated. Professor Lee Gilbertson from Minnesota's St. Cloud State University originally discounted the theory as a, quote, urban legend. But after reviewing the evidence, he changed his opinion, declaring that the Smiley Face Killers were a real nationwide organization that revels in killing young men. But really, who? The victims were all, I guess most would consider attractive, popular young men. The most recent tragedy that some are linking to the Smiley Face murders happened on March 19th, 2017, when Bradley Verrett's body was found in a Pennsylvania river, not far from where he was last seen over six weeks before. Police hadn't determined how he died at that point, but his disappearance and death are consistent with many of the smiley face murder victims over the last several years. Verrett was last seen on February 7, 2017 at Trooper Thorne's Restaurant and Bar in Reading, Pennsylvania. He was 26 years old when he died. So, guys, this does sound awfully familiar to what's going on in Austin. So let's look at the commonalities regarding the bodies found in Lady Bird Lake. Nearly all of the victims of whatever is going on, are Caucasian. Not all, mind you, as there was one black man at least and a couple of what I would visually guess were Latino men. But the majority were white. The age range is fairly consistent in the younger adult range from 20 to 30, but there are also a handful in their 40s and 50s. But again, the vast majority were in their 20s to 30s in that range. I also noticed that a few of the bodies were located in the water near or the person was last seen near this Holiday Inn near I-35, remember? So I was curious to see what kind of place it was. It averages around four out of five stars. It is just a couple of blocks east from this infamous Rainy Street where so many had been hanging out. But the hotel itself looks, at least looks, plenty clean and kept. Of course, I've never been there, but it doesn't appear to be run down or sketchy in any way. Rainy Street does appear to be an area for later night entertainment. From the northernmost part of the street, there appears to be a couple of pizza places, and as you move south, there appears to be eight or nine establishments that are bars within a couple of blocks. Some serve food, of course, but where anyone would go to have a few drinks. There are also a couple of what appear to be food trucks, places to grab a quick bite. And as you near the end of the street where the lake is, there are a couple more eateries before you end your journey at Windsor on the Lake Apartments, then a spa, nail salon, hair salon, and the Malago, which is a multi-level condominium. You should read the uh, reviews on that one. That was interesting. And then the road curves and turns into Cummings Street. There is still a slight distance to walk off, a few steps, if you will, off of Rainy Street before you come across one of the nature trails going around the lake. So again, what stands out to me is, 
other than one or maybe two homeless females who were not found in or around the water, all of these people were biologically male. A strikingly relevant number of them were all found in the same general area within a few blocks of this downtown area. Most all of them at least appeared to be normal people, as in not meth heads and so on. You get what I'm saying. So healthy, young, or reasonably young men. Some were out celebrating in the downtown area, but many were not. Some were just going for walks. A few did show signs of physical trauma, and yet their deaths were ruled accidental drownings. It feels like, and this is just my opinion, that the authorities are being a bit dismissive in saying many of them are just people drinking or partying too much and falling into the water and drowning. Now, that could be a possible distraction tactic as they work on something bigger and they don't want the public to panic. Is that the case? Maybe. And they would likely have very valid reasons for that. But what if they aren't? Are we expected to just believe that this many people drunkenly fell into that lake and drowned? I mean, this many? It is kind of hard to believe, for me at least. So this got me curious. Being a scientifically minded individual, I decided to nose around and see if this is a common phenomenon around other lakes that share a bank with a busy city area. Please keep in mind, though, that, you know, I have a regular job and not every available hour in the day to take a super close look. So this was a rather quick look at other lakes. I looked at Reno, Nevada, but their drownings were boating accident related and they weren't wearing life jackets. So that doesn't really seem to fit. There have also been a handful recently in Boise Lake, Boise, Idaho, but all were either verified already swimming in the lake and drowned or were verified paddleboarding and drowned. So that doesn't fit. I took a look at Lake Eola in Orlando, Florida, and yes, there were drownings, but all of the ones I found were perfectly explainable and there was no trend. And mostly also because the water is deemed as contaminated waters, so you know, there is that. Now, the James River in Richmond, Virginia, seemed to have some higher mortality rates, but again, most of it was due to flooding more than anything, boating accidents, and only a couple of drownings that were less than explained, but still nothing even close to what we are seeing in Austin. The Chicago River runs right through downtown Chicago and is popular with kayakers and canoeists. It flows past some of the city's most iconic buildings before connecting with the Great Lake. Now, this river has quite a few things going on revolving around people dying and being found in the water. But one must remember that Chicago is one of the more dangerous cities to be in and has been for the past few years. And after looking into it, I didn't get the impression that it was anything other than random killings and body dumpings or regular drownings. I didn't get the impression of any particular patterns. Now, did I have time to look at every single lake or major river that rungs along a bustling part of a major city? Of course not, but I bet there is someone out there who is doing that very thing, and if you are, let us know what you're seeing. 
Come join the Serial Killing a Podcast fan page on Facebook, or you can DM me on Instagram, at Serial underscore Killing, and let me know. I'll share with the group. Regardless, there does seem to be something going on in Lady Bird Lake in Austin, Texas, that appears to be more than just this consistent coincidence. And this is just reaching, really. But the smiley face murders allegedly sort of stopped in 2007 or just a bit after. And these drownings began in Austin in 2010. So there's that. But again, really, really reaching. We'll just have to pay attention and see what else happens and what information is released. So what are your theories? I personally think that it is closer to likely that there isn't a serial killer in Austin, Texas, but tell me, guys, what do you think? Leave me a comment below, or you can DM me, as I said, at serial underscore killing on Instagram. Serial Killing, a podcast fan page, is on Facebook if you want to come chat with us. But most importantly, thank you so much for listening, guys, because I know you could be listening to anyone else, but you chose me, and I really appreciate that. Thanks so much, guys, and have a great day. Yeah, anybody who killed more than two or three people was a mass murderer. And whether it was all at one place or over an extended period of time, and then uh, in the early 80s, they came up with this differentiation called serial killing. <laughs>